Hello, friends. Welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio with me, your host, Tammy Riley. This week, we are literally dropping in on a conversation that I get to have each week with some lovely young women from Quinnipiac University. I do a journaling group. We use a self-care workbook. All the info is in the intro of this podcast in the description. So you can find it there and see what we do. And we originally were meeting for four weeks, but the conversation we were having was just so lovely and authentic. And it was just so fulfilling that we decided we would continue it throughout the semester. Um, There is a lot that we share. They knew that we were going to record this one. So, you know, people weren't as personal as maybe they normally are, which was perfect. But I think you'll get the gist of how inspiring these women are in the work that they do to help themselves be better humans. Um, And that's all that we can hope for. Um, I really have enjoyed, I learned so much from them. I've enjoyed everything we've shared. And that was why I asked them if they would be willing to share this conversation with all of you. So I'm excited that you get to have this little peek into part of my week. Uh, The conversation is a little bit different than the normal flow, but you'll see some familiar bits and pieces to it. So I encourage you to find a comfortable place, get ready to listen in and share the self-care conversation with four of these brilliant humans from Quinnipiac University. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Living Well While Living Online. Today, I am very excited to share one of my favorite groups that I have on campus these days. I work with students and we have a self-care check-in workbook that we use. So I have a variety of students that opted in and we've been meeting weekly and just having some really lovely conversation. And we do the self-care conversation each week. And I just asked if they'd be willing to share it with all of you. So Uh, Today we have a few of the members here, and I will definitely have them each introduce themselves to you. But first off, we are in a classroom in the student center. You may hear the radio show go on. You might, we might have people walking in. It might be a little noisier than normal, which is all good. This is our real life in, in what we do here. I will try to have each of the students, when they're responding, say their name so you can know who they are. So we'll try to remember that. It's not easy. And uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do it similar to how we actually do our, our work each week. And that is with a prompt from the self-care workbook journal. And I'll definitely um, have that in the, the bio, the intro of this podcast for you. So if you're interested in seeing what we use, you can find it. So that's where we are today. So I'm going to just have them each go around and say who they are, where they're from, just a little bit. I'm going to start with my friend, Christine. Hi, I'm Christine. I'm a junior physical therapy major. I'm from New Jersey. Hi, I'm a fitness instructor. So Tammy is my boss. (laughs) I teach Zumba. I'm also on the TAP company and NAMI, um, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. Yeah, you do a lot. (laughs) Lots of wellness things. Hi, I'm Katie. I'm a third year marketing major here at Quinnipiac. Um, Although I'm not really involved in a lot on campus, I have been involving myself in things like this journaling class and spin classes and trying to be more active in that way around campus. Awesome. Love it. 
My name is Suzeline. I'm a first year finance major. I go, I used to go in the Zumba classes that they have here, and I work at the um, rec center here at Quinnipiac. Awesome. Love it. Uh, my name is Cadence. I'm also a first year. Um, I'm in the physician assistant program here. And around campus, I like to go to yoga classes and I like to go on runs. Mm. So we have a group that tries to stay active to take care of themselves, which is some of what we discuss. And the, the book we use is um, pretty cool in the sense that I go through. So, so our downside is the book doesn't have page numbers. It's our struggle each week to figure out where we are. But it has some really good reflective prompts. And so usually I will go through, pick a prompt or two, and then not only does it have a prompt for something for you to think about, but it asks you to then tease it out a little and focus on an actual situation with it. And then it gives you an action step ado. So we just spend a few minutes reflecting on this and then the conversation begins. And uh, they're very thoughtful and very intentional. Everyone's obviously, as you heard, different years, different majors. Um, we are not all alike, and yet um, many of us have a lot of the same struggles and, and the same things that come up for us. So this week, and so I asked them before we press the button and record to look at one of the pages, and the reflection quote is, what does stress feel like in your body? The last time you faced a tense situation, did you react? How did you calm yourself down? And I really wanted to bring this one up because I think for a lot of us, students, grown-ups, animals alike, stress is a big thing. So I just thought it would be a juicy topic for us to talk about how we feel it, where we feel it, and how, how do we try to manage, or do we? Because maybe we, maybe we don't. So I don't know if I have a brave soul that will announce their name and get the ball rolling with any of their thoughts on stress. I'm looking right at Katie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go. Okay. So for me, stress, as most things do, I feel it a lot in my stomach. Mm. Like same thing with anxiety, same thing with any emotion, really. I feel it in my stomach. But I also feel when I'm stressed, like a tenseness. And I kind of just shut down and I go come into myself and I don't really talk to people. And if I do, I kind of project my stress onto others, which I realized is bad. So that's why I try to shut myself in, which is also not very uh, productive for me. But right. it, I definitely feel it in my stomach. I definitely feel it in my heart. I just kind of shut down, like I said, and that kind of just makes me feel upset with myself. And so stress is something that sometimes I struggle to adapt and, you know, overcome because I don't really know how to, if I talk to people, I lash out. If I keep to myself, it just intensifies. and I don't really know how to handle it. Wow. So when you're having that lashing out moment, do you recognize in the moment, like I'm stressed and this is happening? Or is it after you're like, shoot, I just did this because I'm so stressed? I, I do realize it in the moment, and luckily I do have a wonderful supportive group of friends that know me well and yeah. know that if that happens, it's not meant illy. It's just sadly how I handle it, And yeah. but we've been working on how to, you know, come about with ways that I could talk to them without, you know, necessarily lashing out or but projecting my stress onto them. And they've been very supportive with that process. Yeah. And to that point, I mean, I, I mean, I could agree with that as well. It's that statement. You always hurt the ones you love, right? So you're stressed, but you're lashing out at that person. Cause you know, they're going to be there for you anyway. They're your true blue, right? That doesn't make it better or that we condone it, but that sort of is the why. So 
Yeah. So we're going to let everybody, we'll, we're going to strategize in a, in a little bit, but we'll see if anybody else has something to share about where they feel it and how, how they react or what happens. Anyone willing? This is my shy group too. It's, it's a lot to get them to talk without recording. So just so you know, <laughs> thank you, Cadence. <laughs> uh, I'm Cadence and stress in my body definitely starts in my stomach. And if I don't necessarily fix it, it usually kind of spreads out to the mm. rest of my body. So, And what does that feel like when you feel it in the rest of your body? It's almost like it's tingly. Okay. It's like I have like more energy definitely. Um, usually like one thing that I do to kind of manage it is like think about thinking about what's stressing me out and like how can I take action on that? Like if it's school, like can I do an assignment? If it's like friends, like what can I do in that? But if that's not possible, honestly, my biggest thing is sometimes like taking a break from my phone mm -hmm. because a lot of the times the thing that's stressing me out is like something on my phone. So I'll usually try and like shut it off, power it down and like do a meditation or maybe like read or listen to music, things like that. Wow. So we're all taking notes of those things. <laughs> um, that's huge. Yeah. And the phone is a real stressor. I know for a lot of people, but I'm going to say for your age group in general, where, you know, social media and what's happening, like that's, I, I shouldn't say your age group, because really, it really is everyone. I mean, I know so many, I'm going to say quote unquote adults, <laughs> not that you're not adults, but you know, it really does impact everybody. But that's huge to make that step of, I need to shut my phone down and take a break from my phone because, um, because it just keeps coming, you know, it's there all the time. Wow. Does anyone else feel that as well? Yeah, I certainly don't shut down my phone enough, and no. I should. I think yeah. that's another thing that leads to my stress and what makes it build for sure. Yeah, the phone. yeah. Even just like for me, I can attest like getting an email if someone sends an email at night, and I'm like, you don't have to respond, but I think about it all night. And even though that's email and work, it is still if I didn't have my phone on, I wouldn't have seen it, and I would have just addressed it the next day. But it's like it'll boil my blood, or I'll worry over it all night, and it's that all night stress. So I could absolutely be better at that too. Gosh. Yeah. I feel like even my name is Christine. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to remember that. <laughs> I feel like even after you turn off your phone then turning it back on is challenging too, because then it's like an overwhelming amount of messages that you have to look at. Yeah. Like, Are you good at responding to your messages? How do you feel about when you get them? No. <laughs> Susan um, saying no. Yeah, um, a lot of time I see a message and I'm like, I'll go back to it. No, okay. I'll answer later. And then days go by <laughs> and I don't answer. And then it's like, it gets awkward to yeah. respond after such a long time. So you're known as the, the person who does not text back? Yeah. And do you feel like, Christine, do you feel like you have to text back right away? Because we're like, it's... It's part of who we are, I think, right? I always respond, maybe not right that second, but I feel like I have to. And my daughter and I talk about it all the time because if one of if one of her friends picks up her phone, they they have like a problem because it's like anxiety because she has so many texts that she hasn't answered. So she's more like you like, ah, whatever. If I get to it, I get to it. Like, you know, yeah. So it's too it's kind of like part of your personality. <laughs> do you have to get to your texts or do you? Um, I think if I see them, then I'm usually pretty good about responding kind of quickly, but also sometimes I see them and I'm like, I just don't want to deal with this right now. Okay. Which is good. I think yeah. that's healthy because especially to say, I don't want to deal with this right now, unless it's like, you know, something that you really have to like a deadline or, but I mean, in general, it's probably healthier, right? It gives you space so that when you do respond, 
you're not lashing out, you're thinking more clearly, it's a little more coherent, you've put your thought into it, Mm -hmm. um, which is definitely something we all can be better at. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And where do you also feel your stress, Christine? When you feel it? Um, so everybody's saying their stomach, but for me, I feel like it's just everywhere. Okay. Like, <laughs> yeah. My muscles are always tight and like tense. And then like, like, especially my shoulders and like my eyebrows, I feel mm. like are always furrowed. <laughs> okay. Um, and then like tightness in my chest, but even like my lower body, like my legs are bouncing. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, again, it's different. It is different for everybody. Like I know some people, they clench their jaw. So it's almost like a headache too, because you're clenching so tight that you have, that you, you think it's a stress headache, which obviously it can be, but a lot of it's because of how you're holding your jaw on your face. So yeah, yeah, that is really common. Suzeline, where do you hold Um, yours? For me, when I'm stressed, I tend to sweat a lot. Oh, okay. And like, I guess shaky. Yeah. I'm too stressed. Yeah, those are the like symptoms that okay. I experience most. Do you have a strategy for when that happens, what you can do? Um, I like to listen to music. It calms me down. And also, I also found this technique. It's like tapping yeah. my eyebrows here, and it helps. Yeah, tapping is great. Yeah. That physical contact, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, very grounding. I, I mean, I also think back to a lot of what we see if you babysit or have younger siblings, how we nurture babies. And honestly, that's the same stuff that helps us. The swaddle, the introvert, like the going away and tucking and tightening and blankets and um, the swaddling and the rocking, the movement, right? So the tapping can be very soothing. And I think too, I we laugh because Christine works with me at my wellness Wednesday table and we give away a lot of like play-doh and fidget spinners and coloring and we and we say like i always say you know college kids are like kindergartners and and little kids but so a lot of it right so even if you think about how you would help self-soothe or soothe a younger child it still works it still works in our bodies um yeah and sometimes we think because we're grown up we have to have this new way of doing things but whatever works works you know i think too yeah there's a lot, there's a lot of things that, that people will use, but yeah. Oh my goodness. So I love that you said you have music, which is beautiful. And then the tapping and cadence, you said you will meditate or go for a walk. Is that, did I put that in your mouth? Hike? I don't remember what you said. I'm I mean, sorry. Exercises. I know you do I'm all those things. Yeah. <laughs> and then Christine, what do you do for yourself when you're feeling stressed? I think it depends a lot on like whatever's stressing me out mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll just distract myself with like yeah like exercising or like watching a show or something but if I'm like super stressed and it's like I don't know like preventing me from mm-hmm. doing anything then I'll just try to like engage my like a couple of my senses so, okay like, like taking a shower or something. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like especially a cold shower. That really just like snaps you right back to reality. <laughs> that's hard. Yeah. God, you're brave. <laughs> Mine would be the opposite, like a steamy, steamy, like what? never want to get out shower. Yeah, that's good too. I feel like when you're like super stressed and like panicky though, like a cold shower, um, like you can't focus on anything else other yeah. than the cold yeah. shower. <laughs> yeah, it's like a way of inflicting pain on yourself without really hurting yourself. Yeah. <laughs> 
which is like that startling, like, you know, not that you want to hurt yourself, but I mean that startling, like I can only focus on this type thing. Yeah. That's, that's a really good strategy. I didn't think of that. I like that. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. it, It can be really overwhelming when you're in that in that deep moment and you're like, it's good to have a thing. Do you have them, like, do you remember these things in the moment or do you have them written somewhere? Like, so when you're in that stressful situation, you're like, shoot, girl, we got to fix this. Do you have like a journal or a thing you go to or a note in your phone? Or is it like, I know how to do this now? I have a note in my phone. So it's like, if I'm stressed, no. And there's a list of things that I could do. Like, it's like a list of like 20 things. (sighs) There's like some quotes. So yeah, I'm, I made that recently. And so far it's been really helpful. I love that. I love that. You know, it's hard because when we're thinking of it, like when you say, oh, I should do that, we're busy with other things. And then you feel this feeling and then you're like, shoot, I wish I did that. So having that, that thought process of taking the time to really be intentional with how can I help myself with this? Um, because, you know, a lot of it is how can I best care for me. And it's hard in that moment because there's so many other things either paralyzing you. Like one of the things on this page talks about the reaction of fight, flight, or freeze. So, you know, if you're freezing and you don't know how to deal with it, having that list is really smart. Um, and I love that it has quotes. I think you've just inspired me to put a new note in my phone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have one too. I also have one on my computer. Like right when I open up my computer, I have like all my assignments, but then I also have like a sticky note that's like to take a break and then it lists a bunch of things. So is it more just like things in general to do to care for yourself or is it really stress related? Uh, I feel like it's a combination. Okay. I love that. Do you have notes in your room too? Do you put notes up in places like be awesome today or whatever? My mom, when I came here freshman year, um, I was going through a tough time in my life and right before, I think it was the day before I left to come here to move in, she gave me a little present and it's a sign that I still have in my room and it says, be awesome today. Oh. And she was like, this is to remind you that you can you know, do whatever you want and you're a great person and whatever. But that really meant a lot to me and I see it every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. And that has honestly changed my mindset a lot. Because it just reminds me like, oh, I can be awesome. Because awesome isn't defined by, you know, a set standard. It's whatever you think awesome is. So I I really liked that, you know, little sign in my room. Yeah. I like that point that you put out too, right? It's not getting a 90 on your exam. It's not like being president of every club. It's not, you know, being awesome does mean different things and different things on different days. Mm -hmm. We talked about, you know, some days just forcing yourself to get out of bed and go to class. And like, that's an awesome day. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's really big. Mm-hmm. Anyone else have a, have a note or strategy that's written or intentional? Or do you now just have your things? You're just like, I'm having a moment I need music or I'm having a moment I need to shut the door and hide away. Mm-hmm. Right? And the good, the good and bad to that, though, like you said. Yeah. I mean processing and sharing with people is is good it's helpful but sometimes in that moment it really is that you need to be on your own to take a minute right and I think my friends are trying to do the right thing because I do shut myself in and then they'll come in and try to talk to me and I think those are the moments when I 
it quote unquote explode because I'm not ready yet. And yeah. they're only trying to help. They're only trying to check in on me and how I'm doing, but I'm not at that part of my process yet to come out and talk to them. I still need to, I put on my headphones and I just, you know, do my thing and I just need that time. And I don't think at that, those moments I'm ready to talk yet. I think sometimes that's why I might be a little harsh Yeah. because I just, I'm like, you don't understand. I'm not ready yet to talk about this. And sometimes that's hard to get across to people too. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a great point. Does anyone else have people in their lives that are like, let me help you. Let me help you. And in those moments, you're kind of like, just leave me alone. <laughs> and, and you know, it's hard. I think it's hard, whether it's a parent, whether it's a partner, whether it's a friend, you know, um, People want to help you. They care. It comes from a good place, but it doesn't always feel good in that moment. Yeah. No. Yes. My mom's like that. Your mom. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever and, I'm anxious, my mom's like, "Okay, okay, I'll come help," and I'm like, "No, <laughs> please leave me alone." <laughs> yeah. But you know, moms are coming from yeah. a good place. Yeah. No. Yeah. She's. She's. Yeah. She's just very caring and. But she's also gets anxious, and then she's like, "I um, want to help you right now," and I'm like, "No, please leave me alone." <laughs> so that's interesting, right? Do you so you have a person in your life when you're anxious, they get anxious like along with you and for you, and then it just like builds. Yeah, 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 it's fun. So then, do you have to end up talking her down from where she is, or does she have her own set of things that she does? Or do you now feel like, oh my gosh, now I have to fix my own stress and anxiety plus hers? Yeah, kind of that last one. Okay. <laughs> okay. You need a you need a couple pages of notes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I relate to that though. I'm you know if I'm getting anxious and my mom's the same thing, where she'll she'll be like, what, what can I do to help? Let's fix this. And then she gets anxious, and then I step away from my own problems. I'm like, all right, it's okay. Let's calm you down, and then I'll focus back on myself. And that's hard to do sometimes because yeah. you, you you know you want to care for others, but I sometimes forget to put myself first. And then right. I'm like, all right, well, let's focus on the original problem. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hard to do that sometimes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That is real life though, right? Yes. In the middle of, you know, think about becoming a parent and, you know, you're having your own stress, but then you, these other moments, you're, you're now adults. So your parents are now, you know, try, trying to help you, but it's impacting them where they're, when they're a little kid, you know, it's different where you're dropping all of your needs and you're focusing on them. But, oh my goodness. Yeah. We always need to be parented. Always. All of us. How about your your roommates? So your roommates don't necessarily get anxious about it, but they want to help you. Correct. Does anyone have like someone who also tries to fix it and escalates things? Mine's kind of the opposite. Because okay. if I am I if I'm like having a really rough day, I'll usually call my mom first. The problem with calling my mom is that it doesn't matter what's wrong in my life. It could be like I just like have a hangnail, but if I'm telling her about it, I'll like start crying. Oh. And it's not like that with anyone else, but usually that's like therapeutic in a way. Okay. So I'll just like cry to my mom and then she'll be like, Cadence, you're fine. And then I'll be like much better afterwards. I don't know. It's a weird process. I mean it's I mean, yes, it sounds strange, but I I get that. Mm -hmm. I get that because the crying is the releasing of emotions. And so whether it's the hangnail and you're really upset or you're upset about the hangnail because there's 50 other things really behind it. And like now there's a hangnail, um, <laughs> but that release and like having that person that you can cry to and not feel like I'm a blubbering idiot. They're going to think I'm crazy. It feels good. It feels good. 
So, yeah, and I love that she'll say, you're going to be okay, Cadence. It's a show says. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's true. Like, saying that might seem kind of, kind of kitschy sometimes, but in the end, when you look back after situations, you're like, yeah, I'm okay. I mean, a lot of us have had situations um, happen, different, different things in our lives, and, you know, we're still here. We are still here. Crazy. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, I also want to go back and talk about music because I think music is such a big thing. So I love that you brought up that you use it. Do you also have like a playlist that you go to that that helps you? Yeah, I and have this is multiple. this is Suzeline. Uh, yeah, it's Suzeline. I do have multiple playlists for different feelings because yeah. if I'm sad, I don't want to listen to like sad music. Yeah. So, um, yeah, in the morning also, I listen to music that will, like, help me be more confident, that has, oh. like, positive lyrics, like, hey, this is going to be a great day. I love and it. It really helps me, like, during the morning, like, the rest of the day, I feel a lot better, positive. And That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's such a great strategy. When COVID had happened right in the beginning and I was home trying to think of resources to give to students, I created a document that had some links and I called it like the Zen Den. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I did was do some Spotify playlists to that point where, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I was like, if you're feeling alone, here's, you know, this. It was all about support and friendship and, you know, just that reminder that people are around. One was actually called, it's going to be okay. And so there's just a lot of things in there about, you know, things are hard, but we're going to be okay. So to that point, I love to hear that you use that because I never know if anyone uses anything that I give them. So maybe someone was like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. <laughs> so if you and I both have it, I'm, I'm, it makes me feel good that I was onto a little something. Um, but I like that you start your day with that. That's really powerful. Yeah. What else? Is there anything else that you do, any of you, to start your day, to set yourself up? Like, is there maybe, I guess, part of our daily routine or ritual? You know, we've talked a little bit about, you know, self-care from caring for our face or doing different things, but something that you really do intentional to help you throughout the day? It's Katie. And in all honesty, no. No. I kind of just... Yeah. Wake up. I'm like, all right, let's do this. And, you know, and then, you know, just get up and start my morning routine. But there's really nothing that I can pinpoint that I do intentionally to benefit my day. Yeah. Um, this morning, though, I decided to stay in bed for 30 extra minutes and read. Okay. And that put me in a pause. I felt productive right off the bat. I was like, all right, I read a chapter of my favorite book. I was like, that's a good way to start my day. But in general, I typically just wake up and start with whatever I need to do that day. And I think you had told us a few weeks back, like trying to journal more. Yes. And so you're doing things throughout the day Correct. that you're more intentional about with caring for yourself. Right. Um, but just not having that morning routine, which not everybody needs to, right? right. Not everybody needs to. And I've tried to work in like the meditation and everything. Yeah. But some mornings I wake up and I'm just in such a hurry mm -hmm. that I push it to the side. But then I do tend to come back to it later in the day and sometimes I'll put that into my nighttime routine so yeah like right before I go to bed I meditate or reflect versus waking up and reflecting on what I want to get done yeah so I do try to get those type of self-care things in throughout the day but it's never a specific thing like in the morning or at night that I'm like all right I should do this to better my mental health or whatever it is right 
Yeah. Anyone else have anything they start their day with? I mean, I'm a morning exercise person. So to me, like getting up, I try to exercise in the morning because, and it started when my kids were young, right? So I had a family and I had a job. Um, and I knew that if I didn't do it early, like the day happens and we get home and they need help with homework or getting picked up from a friend's or I just don't have energy. So it really became the thing that I knew that if I started my day that way, that I was taking care of myself. And it is still something that I try to do, even though my kids are all grown up and aren't at home. I still feel like if I don't do it in the morning, like by the time I get home, like I'm good. I'm like, oh, well, I'll just work out tomorrow, which which is also okay. I've, I'm working on giving myself permission there too. But, you know, you can't, I need to move as well. You know, older women need to start moving more. So um, anyway, yeah, but that's always helped me. And it just like, I think it's for me, it's the endorphins too in the morning. And it's that I've done this for me. And so, okay. And and really, right. That's a lot of what that means for me. You had already said the idea, Katie, about take, needing to take care of yourself first. And so that really was what I did. So I could be a better mother, a better parent, a more patient parent um, because I had done something for myself. And then I was like, great, now I can be all about all of you. Yeah. So you figure out these little strategies along the way to help yourself. Yeah. I think it's hard to make time for it. Like, especially like at this point in the semester, with like everything going on, like exams and extracurricular activities. Like I have a class at eight and nine. So, and I'm up late and then I wake up like as late as possible so I can get as much sleep as possible. And then I'm just rushing to my class. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's hard to have that routine. Yeah. Even getting food in in the morning, I notice for all of you college kids is not easy. It's very hard. Yeah. (laughs) I would die. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like you're like, shoot. Okay. There's only 10 minutes to get to class. Guess I'm not eating, Mm -hmm. which, um, yeah, that's hard. Yeah. Um, and so I want to talk for a second, we're talking about these routines and I know we've mentioned it in one of our following weeks, but I think it's really interesting. We have a couple of first years, which means they're, you know, they're freshmen. We call freshmen here the first years incoming from, from, you know, from high school, making that transition. And then we have a few students who have been here for a while. And I think, you know, the transitions, any transition is not easy. So the transition from high school to college, and then even each year, um, because we are different, we're living in maybe a different campus, or we have different situations happening. So how, how does that transition? Like, how do you do with that? How are you easily able to adapt and say, okay, this is what I need to do to be successful this year? This is what worked? Or is it like, just a a mess in the beginning? (laughs) Anyone have any thoughts or comments on that? I feel like mine is definitely messy. Okay. And I really didn't need. Yes. And so Cadence is, this is her first year. So I'm just going to say, so like that transition. Right. Yeah. In high school, I didn't need as many self-care things. I was just so busy with school. And then once I got here, I had more time and I didn't exactly know like what to do with that. It's like in between classes, like you could do homework, but you know, eventually like you don't have any more homework to do. So I like found activities like running and yoga, that sort of thing. Yeah. It took took a while though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now that you're in that groove, how are you feeling? Like just overall in general? I definitely feel a lot better. I've started, so 
I wish I could get up in the morning and go run because that makes me feel really amazing. But I end up sleeping in till like 10 a.m. Um, <laughs> Which I, is a treat. Yeah, no, it's very nice. But I always, I've been going to the gym at like 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. Oh. So that's been interesting because that's usually when I would like go to bed, but now I'm going to the gym. And yeah, that's been really good. It, it's different for me, but I kind of like it more. Okay. I love that. So trying trying to establish some of the things and maybe the routine's a little flipped, but mm-hmm. you're feeling good and you're getting it in. And I think that's, you know, the moral of the story. You know, there's a lot of people who prefer to work out at night. I, I, that's just not me, right? I know my body and how I function, but you didn't need to do it later, you know, not later, but in the past. And mm-hmm. now life is just different. So being open to new routines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is Suzeline. Um, I found that I was able to adapt quickly okay. here. Um, which is really good. Um, I um, I think I like even my grades. I'm performing better wow. right now than I was in high school. Like since COVID started, my grades went down. Yeah, and you know it was difficult to uh, like get used to how school was going on even after. Um, and also when I was like in high school. I would spend most of my day at home mm-hmm. on my phone, mm-hmm. but here there's a lot more to do. Like yeah. I can just walk around, there's other activities to do. So other than staying on my phone, so I feel more productive and I'm able to do a lot more. And um, yeah, I've been doing well here. I love that. And I have to say, I do admire you because I have seen you at a lot of things. Like I've, you know, you were in my forest bathing, and then right away I saw you in something else. I was like, oh, you were in my forest bathing. You know, so I have seen you out and about on campus where a lot of us, our initial reaction is to hide a little bit until more, we're more comfortable. And I feel like you really just dove in and tried some different things and really were a part of things, which is not easy to do. So, because I also, you know, and some people feel more confident doing that with a group of people around them. And, you know, sometimes people are just comfortable doing things on their own. So I think I've seen you in like a variety of things, which is great. I'm glad that you've settled right in. <laughs> yeah. How are our upperclassmen feeling? Every and I, Again, it's like you're not a first year, but every year I sort of feel like it's like starting over in a lot of ways. This is Katie, and I feel like, I mean, I don't want to speak for you either, but I feel like this is the first year without COVID, so yeah. it kind of feels like my first year. Because um, transitioning into 2020-2021 college as a freshman, that was very hard because you really didn't get the college experience. You stayed in your dorm for class, to eat, to sleep. Everything was in your dorm room. <laughs> yeah. And it was very confined. And this year I find that this is like my first real true year of college. And in all honesty, the first two years here, I was not a happy camper. I thought several times about just stopping college, maybe taking a gap year, doing something different with my life. Mm-hmm. But I'm very glad I stuck through with it because this year I have found that I've, I've kind of found my purpose. I've yeah. found my group of people. I've found things that make me happy. And I think that that transition um, from the COVID world yep. to today's you know college environment is a bit much different and it's much more enjoyable. And it's also, I feel as though it's a lot more well welcoming mm-hmm. for students. Um, 
because freshman year for us, 2020, was very hard because it didn't seem very welcoming because you couldn't be welcomed. You yeah, had to stay yeah. to yourself. So, but I feel like now transitioning from COVID to post-COVID, that transition has been going very smoothly. And it's been a very, it's been one of a lot of, you know, internal realization, external realization with people and, you know, activities I like or don't like. But it's been a smooth one, and I'm very happy that this is finally happening. Yay. Um, and I'm very happy that I stuck through with it and made it to this part of the transition. Yeah, which isn't easy. And especially for you, because you do tend to be a little more introverted. Correct. So coming out of COVID, where it was, it made extroverts introverts, right? It was all we knew, and that becomes a habit. So coming out of that, you could have easily just stayed in that mode. But the fact that you've stepped out and really stepped up what college is for you is huge right. is really huge and I think I discussed this in a, a previous um, class with us but freshman year sophomore year me would have never even shown up to this journaling class the yeah. first day I would have if because I was by myself I would have never done that mm -hmm. and I find that I've become more confident in myself this year and that's been a very big thing for me as I have always been a very introverted person, but I feel like this year I'm kind of coming out of that and becoming more extroverted. So. Yeah. Yeah. We do use those terms a lot. And when we say that, like, you know, it's baby steps too. like what's extroverted for one person might still seem like nothing to someone else. <laughs> um, but I think that's, you know, it's all relative and that's important and you just getting out of the room. And I think for a lot of you, that transition, you know, even Suzeline to say like, going through high school and feeling like unmotivated and uninspired in a lot of what we do academically. And now you're like here and sitting in a class and learning and like, you're already seeing your grades go up. You know, we could easily just be like, wah, wah, I'll just, you know, shut down, you know? So I think it also takes that little extra push these days to actually put our foot forward because COVID gave us that pass. We could be more apathetic where um, that wasn't the world before. And now all of a sudden everyone was feeling the same thing in, in that environment. So I think it's just a, a testament of your strength, right? This generation is going to have so much resilience from everything you've had to endure. I mean, I certainly didn't live through a pandemic when I was your age. Um, you know, we had none of that. We were very selfish back then. And, you know, you've had to really put yourselves out there in a completely different way. So... Yeah. What about your third year transition, Christine? You also had the COVID because you, uh, you and Katie are the same year. So, yeah, um, I feel like I'm finally starting to feel comfortable here. I don't think I started to feel comfortable here. <laughs> I don't think I started to feel comfortable here until last semester. Okay. Which was the spring of my sophomore year. So it took me a long time to transition. That's okay. Yeah. And I still, I feel like I still am transitioning. Like I'm trying to figure out like, um, I don't know where to put myself yeah. all the time. Okay. Um, but it's getting better. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm involved in more things than I was freshman year, my first year, which is good because I really wasn't involved in anything. Like I just stayed in my dorm all the time yeah. with a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm, <laughs> they're, mm -hmm. they're not strangers anymore, but like <laughs> you're just thrown into this tiny room with like seven other yeah. new people. And it was, 
was tough. <laughs> and, and so just to like give you a little context with that listeners is that freshman year when they came in, you know, we were at the height of COVID and some schools weren't back yet. So these incoming freshmen came in, they had to be masked all the time, but they also could only go in their own dorm. And so you make friends with people in a classroom, but you couldn't go visit them. And we weren't doing a lot of in-person programming. So it was that much more difficult because you know, you can have roommates that you can live with, but they don't have to be your best friends. But I feel like during COVID, your roommates had to be your best friend. And that's, that could have been problematic, you know, for a lot of students, that's not easy. And yeah. And, and just because. Yeah. Luckily it was kind of good for me because like I need to take baby steps and it was mm-hmm. good just trying to like become friends with a couple of people rather than like all these different people in all my different classes and whatnot. Uh-huh. But it was also hard because, like, you need a break every once in a while. And there are people around all the time. <laughs> like, there's just nowhere to go yeah. to get some alone time because I'm also a huge introvert. <laughs> so, Katie, do you have your own room right now? So I'm do you have a single? With, I'm living with one other girl, so I have a double. And I'm living in a suite of five. There's five of us in total. Okay, so when you're going in and kind of closing your door, you still do have a roommate that Correct. would come in. Okay, Correct. because that's, you know, the other thing when we're living on a college campus and we do need, I love that you brought up the alone time because we're used to that. And for some of us, that's how we recharge our battery. And it's really hard to get it if you can't live alone. So we do have some opportunities for our students to have a single, mostly that's upperclassmen housing. And, you know, if you're in an off-campus house or even some of York Hill, but otherwise, that's such a huge point, Christine, that it's, um, you need a little space. And especially during COVID, there was nowhere to go. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love my roommates so much. We get along, like, great. Um, I'm just, I just need space every once in a while. Because, yeah. like, I'm such a huge introvert. And that's how I recharge, like, being alone. And it was impossible <laughs> to be alone. Yeah. Did you find any places on campus to go to, to be alone? The library? Yeah. Okay. Masks in the library. <laughs> <laughs> Did you find any pocket, Katie, or you were just fine in your room? I had a little couch thing because I lived in um, the Jordan Ledges freshman year, and they were quads, but they were only letting two people live in it. So we had oh. a lot of space. I oh. had a room. So I had this little fold-out couch that was underneath my bed because it's a lofted bed. Yeah. And I would just kind of tuck myself in there when I needed to because I couldn't see my, my roommate and I couldn't see, you know, what's going on around me. And I would just tuck myself in there because I found it very difficult. I, freshman year, I do not like the library at all. And so I would try to come to the calf, but then after a while, sitting there masked and like, and sometimes I I wear glasses sometimes and it would fog up. Those who wear glasses know what that's about, but (laughs) it was just, so I found my own cubby in my own room, but at the same time, it's difficult with living with a roommate because it's not full privacy. Yeah. And all you can, all I could do is just put my headphones on, sit in my little couch area and hope not to be bothered. Yeah. So is what it is though you, you learn to adapt you learn to live with it and you learn what works for you in the environment you're in yeah so and i think you know through all of this the exploring like these young women are you know signing up for my little self-care workbook journaling group and it, it really just is spending time with yourself so you know they don't have to journal during the week there's no assignment this is something they choose to do but we get together we have a little conversation and hopefully that just puts, you know, a little bit more um, intentionality into how we go about the rest of our day. So 
I love that, you know, you all are very attuned to it and, and trying, right? So we know um, from, from all of the guests I've had on all of my shows, well, there's some things we do that are amazing and feel great and work. It is a practice and we have to really work at it every day. And every day is not going to be the Instagram photo that, you know, we want it to be. So yeah, it just takes a lot. Is there anything? So I know we have like our two first years and then our two third years. Is there anything, and it might be harder for our first years, that you wish you knew before you got to college about self-care, about college, like just, you know, trying to find your way before you came? Is there anything you can think of you wish you knew beforehand? It's Katie. I wish that I knew before going into college that it's okay to, I don't know how to say this, but you can, I felt like I had to change who I was from high school to college. I felt like I had to become a totally different person to appease what other people's expectations were of people at the time, but it's okay to, you don't have to change yourself coming into college. I feel like a lot of people feel like they need to completely do a 180 and just, you know, ditch whatever they liked or ditch whatever they had. And you don't need to do that because I tried to do that and I Mm -hmm. found myself I come back right back to where I was in a different way, but I've come right back to what I like and what I know. And it's okay to just be yourself and you'll find the people eventually that agree with what you like. And you don't have to, I guess what I'm trying to say, you don't have to conform yourself to meet what people you think should be your friends. Yeah. I love that. Yep. I think that's great advice to your former self and to anyone else listening. (laughs) I've been thinking, well, I thought about this, recently because one of my cousins just went to college for the first time oh okay. yeah and we're similar in some ways so something I told her was that it's okay to like take things slow and not push yourself too much like my first year I felt like I needed to study all of the time and I was always working and it was just not like attainable like you can't work that hard all the time um and at Quinnipiac like I said I'm a physical therapy major you can do your undergrad degree in three or four years. And originally I was like, yeah, I'll do the three-year program. And it was so much work. So I eventually switched into the four-year program um, just because like, it's okay to take things slow. Like it's okay to not push yourself to do like all of these crazy things. Like what you're doing is enough. (laughs) I love that. I do love that. I think many of us need to hear what you're doing is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. What do you think, ladies? <laughs> um, it's Cadence. I, I just wish, like, I, so I went to Quinnipiac, and it's a new state. It's a new environment. I wasn't with the people that I knew from home, so I kind of just wish I knew that, like, it's okay to not necessarily feel comfortable. Like, it makes mm-hmm. sense that I would yeah. feel a little out of place when, like, everything in my life had changed. But, like, coming in, I felt like, it was weird that I felt that way. Like, I felt like I should have, like, acclimated, like, immediately. But, like, I know now that, like, that's definitely not the case. I resonate with that so much. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's such a great point, right, that we think we should instantly come in. Like, college is going to be amazing and we're going to feel amazing. And, you know, we've said, like, we talk about this as we say it out loud. Like, the reason we say these things out loud is to normalize that you're not the only one who feels that way. And so we have shared that, you know, no matter what age we are or, you know, where we are, that a lot of things are common. So I think uh, that's a really important statement for people who might be still thinking that 
that, you know, there's something strange going on if they're not feeling like they're the same as everybody else. Yeah. And also, like, social media makes it kind of hard because people show their good days. Oh, and gosh. Not necessarily <laughs> their bad days. So it's like you see your friends and you're like, oh, they're having such a great time, like my friends from home. And it's like, like we all have moments where we have a good time, but we all also have moments where, like, things aren't going as great as they might seem. So it's important to remember that. And I'm, like, still trying to remember that every day. Yes. Thank you. That is a big thing about social media. And um, I'm Cecilie. It's like, um, thank you for reminding me that it's okay to take things slow. Yeah. Because a lot of the times, like most of my classmates, are, like they're like taking extra classes so they can graduate <laughs> early. And sometimes I feel like that I'm not doing enough. Like I should be doing the same thing as them if I want to be successful. Right. And like I need that reminder that like it's okay, like what I'm doing right now is fine and I don't have to keep comparing myself mm. to them. Yeah. That's huge, right? The comparison, mm -hmm. yeah, I love that. You're very, very wise women. <laughs> so as we wrap up, I always ask one last question of my guests and I know we have to get going. You probably have class because this is like our time. But, you know, we've talked a lot about throughout our weeks together, friendship and having friendships and being friends. And I wonder um, how you feel. Are you a good friend to yourself? And, it, you know, just where you are with that, if you've thought about that. And, um, you know, I know what you would go to the end of the earth for your good friends. But how do you how do you show up for you as a friend? <laughs> It's Katie. Um, I certainly don't show up for myself like I do for others. Um, I just kind of say like, uh, for example, I have this big paper due at the end of this week and I'm very stressed about it. And in my head, I'm just like, well, you did this to yourself. You pushed it off, you whatever. And if a friend were to come to me and say, I'd be like, it's okay. You still have a few days, you right. got time. You, right. you got this, you're a great writer, whatever. And I, I, and specifically for me, because I know writing is my strong suit, but I've been so hard on myself on this one particular thing and I just mm -hmm. get over it. It's your own fault. And I don't show up for myself and to say like, it's okay. Like yeah. you're gonna do fine. Kind of going back to that. But yeah, no, I certainly don't show up for myself. I kind of just downplay every emotion I feel. And, um, and I think that's why sometimes it snowballs. Yeah. Cause I just downplay it and then it all comes right back to the service at the end. So. Yeah. So now you have something to work on this week. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we always set like a little goal for the week. <laughs> I completely agree with that. I was going to say, like, I don't talk to myself like I would to a friend. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I'm, I feel like I am also pretty self-deprecating. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've also, like, in one of my binders, like, at one point, like, a school binder, I had, like, a picture of, like, a baby picture of me and, like, a post-it note next to it that was, like, talk to yourself like you would talk to her yes. it's like yes you're so much kinder to like little kids who don't know any better or like your friends or just like anybody other than yourself <laughs> yeah yeah it's yeah. so true it's so true that's a great way to do it though with a baby with a baby photo or even just any photo of yourself like this is one of your friends treat yeah. her the same yeah. <laughs> how are you feeling about that have you thought about that idea 
It's cadence. And I actually feel really lucky because I feel like this semester in particular, like I have been very kind to myself and very forgiving with myself. And I don't I don't know where that comes from, but also like I think it's because I've been making lists for myself. I've been like scheduling things into my day that will make me happy. And I mm-hmm. think like that's sort of like rubbing off in a good way. I don't know. I love that. And if you could start that now, don't ever stop that habit. <laughs> because it's a struggle. So whatever you're doing, you're doing the right things. So you have to have a different goal for the week. <laughs> Suzeline? I'm working on being kinder to myself and being more confident. Okay. Because um, I used to be my like i used to judge myself a lot more than other people judge me yeah and uh like i would be like uh why didn't you do this why are you not doing this like just you know and um that really hurt my self-esteem yeah and i've been working on that trying to tell my to tell myself more positive affirmations yeah and um yeah that's good. So you're aware. Yeah. Okay. I love that. So we have work to do, but you're you're on the right track. So we need a little more work for some people. And then, you know, um, it's good. It's good. And I say that because it's a good habit to get into. When something becomes a habit, it becomes more natural. As you get older and older and older, it will be something like that self-talk and that dialogue. And it is so important. It will help you be such a stronger human and professional woman down the road. Thank you for letting me record all of this and for sharing it with our listeners. It's been lovely again. We went through another Wednesday and uh, the five of us will be back next week, hopefully with a few of our others. But listeners, thank you for tuning in. Big hugs to my friends, now your friends, to Katie and Cadence and Suzeline and Christine, really for everything that you were willing to share with all of us. And I know that all of us are wishing all the best for you as you continue the process of navigating your way through college and moving out into what we do, air quotes, the real world. Uh, Really honored that you were able to share so much with all of us. And thank you to all of you listeners for tuning in again to another episode of Living Well While Living Online, a production of the Quinnipiac University Podcast Studio. And to the team to David DeRoche, the executive producer, to Renette Chafu, the producer, and to Scott Holmes for the theme music. Next week, I am hoping you come back. We are revisiting an old episode, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, We're taking a pause with something new. I just felt it was time and appropriate. So revisiting something um, that I know you will all enjoy hearing again. So until next week, my friends, please, Breathe deep, be intentional, and learn to be your own best friend.